1: Welcome to episode 59 of the First Exchange Podcast with me, your host, Lydia Daydahl. We are back and I am enjoying having all these guests come into the studio um, and I hope you are too. I was joined today by a very special guest. Um, I was delighted to be joined by David Patrick Farrell, who is a wonderful poet, uh, creative writer, spoken word enthusiast, um, who is also the host of My Poems uh, podcast you may know David from Instagram. He has all these wonderful videos of all his uh, poetry, all his spoken word pieces, um, and just talks about real life, um, real issues, um, himself, the world around him, his experiences, and just I had to get him in um, just based off of his background in poetry. But when he came in, he was so open and so honest, and he spoke about all of his um, troubles with addiction, drug and alcohol addiction, uh, being clean, being part of a 12-step program, Program, how he found sea swimming um, and this new kind of lease of life. Um, so it was really fantastic to, to hear him share his story. And also alongside his poetry and spoken word and creative writing, you may know David as the infamous Port Marnock beach swimmer who was arrested a short while ago um, for breaking the 5k limit so we got him in to talk about he was actually in court today so um, we got to speak about his experience with that which is a wild story in itself so uh, really 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 great um, chat with David and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, before I let you go and enjoy the episode uh, just a quick thank you as always to everyone who listens to the podcast and um, who shares the podcast that's the most important thing if you've got a friend or a family member who you think might enjoy the Podcast, please send it on and tag us on social media. We love, I love seeing all your posts and uh, responding to your little, hey Lydia, I love the podcast. So thank you so much. Please don't stop. Uh, but without further ado, I'll let you enjoy episode 59 of the First Exchange podcast with poet David Patrick Farrell. Welcome, David Patrick Farrell.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Good thank job, you yeah. so
1: much for coming in to the First Exchange podcast.
0: I'm enjoying. It. I listened to Telodem last night actually, Paddy Paddy Douglas's and Teddy's.
1: Yeah. So I enjoyed them. Well there. you sent me I sent me a message last night saying that um you went to school with Teddy, is that right?
0: Yeah Teddy was a couple of years ahead of me in school. Um always Knew he was talking about the art, and I knew he was good at art and skills, so I yeah. always, always enjoyed art myself. So I knew Teddy was always very good at the art.
1: That's I mean, I'm all, like, I love those little kind of things, you know, where they link, link people up, yeah. together. And it's funny, obviously, Paddy Douglas is a relation of yours. No, no, Paddy's just my mate, is he
0: not? Yeah, that's what Shane said as well. Because I, I don't
1: <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> spreading no. gossip around goss, here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a great are, one. You not, are you not cousins? No, not his cousin, no, a far he has cousins, Farrelly's, but I'm Farrell.
1: Oh, you're far, that's yeah. probably i very, yeah. very good mates with
0: uh, his cousin Gary. Alan no, Alan. Alan, right. a very good name with. It's all close, <laughs> <of> it <laughs> it <is. Researcher>.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why we need your support public so that we can hire a researcher. <laughs> so I'm not in this pickle every week. Um, but you're, you're a very good friend, Paddy. But he was here a year ago yeah. on the podcast, very
0: interesting, which you're talking about. But, um, Covid, you're like, yeah, just look after yourselves. And it was, it was just a funny time.
1: Take your vitamin D, you'll yeah. be awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Little did we know, eh? A
0: yeah, year in, my God.
1: God, quickest, but also longest year ever.
0: Oh, I had a great year. I had a great year. <laughs> really, really did. Like, it didn't affect me then too how, much. Did,
1: how did you have a good year? What did, um,
0: explain what, why why it was a good year for you? What my year entailed was, so well, last March, when it started, I had long hair, funny enough, and... And we got my housemate to shave it off and within 10 minutes of my head being shaved, I wrote a poem and then I wrote another poem. And then my poetry just kicked off and I was like, it's all over social media Then my poetry just, just there of nowhere. Didn't, like, yeah. Just as soon as the hair was lifted, it gone, shaved off, metamorphosis, total change. And then I started writing poetry. Insane.
1: Slow that down. Yeah. Okay, so long hair. How long are we talking here?
0: Top knot material. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I a big, massive beard and, uh, and a big, massive top knot I had for years.
1: Right, so at what what was the sort of um, the premise for shaving it off? I want, you want to change, just like let's have a buzz. Yeah, what it was it? I
0: was like, it? It was like there, but no barbers were open. I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna get a shave this off. And yeah, because well, I had a top off since I went before it to Australia, and uh, no, didn't have to change or it came about because I was I was, uh, was a year sober at that stage, and then the head shaving, and then the poetry, and then just since then it's another roller coaster, another year. I was yeah. just, oops so. Last year's been brilliant for me. like
1: Well, glad to hear it.
0: Yeah.
1: Can we talk about sobriety? You mentioned sobriety there. Yeah. What is sobriety to you?
0: Sobriety for me now has nothing to do with alcohol or drugs. Sobriety for me is internal happiness, being content, and peace of mind. Mm-hmm. So internal happiness is I'm happy with who I am as an individual. A uh, peace of mind, also oh no, being content is happy with where I am in life, and then being content, or being a like, peace of mind, is having both. So
1: mm-hmm. That's sobriety for me. Okay. And what took you away from that over the years? Or, or where were you before you found that sort of piece of sobriety?
0: Where was it before sobriety? Uh, I was a raving lunatic. <laughs> In fact, uh, I, the boy I sobered up was I was awake for five days at the stage, on um, another binge. I talked about this on a podcast of Paddy Douglas, and he was on his podcast. And so I was taking drinking drugs from a very young age, 11, 12, 13, drink, cocaine, speedies, whatever it may be. My 16 years of on it, like, insanely. insanely. Then towards the end, it was became every day for about two and a half years, I was taking like copious amounts of cocaine. Like, loads and loads of cocaine. Like, I can't even explain how much cocaine I was doing. Like, I was insane. And then, stopped working. Um, and I was awake for five days at this stage, and I turned around to my friend, I was, I was like, "Why is this happened again? Like, how am I going to lose job? I didn't care. And I got this, Was I became worried, because I was worried that I wasn't worried, if that makes sense. Yes. I was so no, nut- and I got that feeling of, why do we feel this way? Why do we feel nothing? And not because of the drink, because of the drugs, of being numb. But I had then thought back of, have I ever felt anything? And I realised I was so numb for the last 16 years. And this this spiritual awakening, and this, and this five-day session of being awake, felt so empty, so drained, so numb. And I realised I'd never actually been happy or sad or any feeling emotion. And then I went home, slept for 24 hours. woke oh up was like, this can't happen again. Because I never got session depression, never got the fear, never got yeah. suicidal. I just had no feelings. Mm-hmm. And then I went home, sobered up. Google online for uh, twelve-step meetings, found a meeting, and since then, massive, massive change.
1: Well, there's a lot in that.
0: A lot in that, yeah. There's a lot in that.
1: They're very, very condensed. Do you mind talking about it, you no, no, mind no, delving no, yeah. into it? Because very, I, am I'm, I'm very um, enamoured by anyone who has come from any type of addiction and conquered it. You know, and um, is it not only has conquered it, but is able to see it in their hands um, and look at it and dissect it. And wonder why that um, awakening or enlightenment that you had on those five days. What do you think that was, or who do you think that was? Well, I'll del- have del- you delved
0: I'll... there? I've delved into it to a really degree. <laughs> um, through the 12 step program, they ask you to find a God of your understanding. And my God and my understanding is every morning, I have my morning routine. I say, We do my 12 step program, I get down on my knees and I pray. And I'm talking to you, funny enough, Paddy's cousin, all about when I thought about praying. So I get on the ground like on my knees and I pray and say, an attitude of gratitude. And when I'm saying the prayers out loud, who hears the prayers? Yeah. I hear the prayers. So am I my God, am I my own creation? Do yeah. I create this for myself? You're, you create your own reality. So I'm not saying, look, we all are gods. We all create our own reality. Mm-hmm. So that's where I kind of look at things. I don't try and find the insight. I don't try and dissect it too much because it's too mass to understand. Yeah. But I know there's a higher power greater than me. I know that, I couldn't have got sobriety without finding this uh, higher power, and a God of my understanding. So I don't have to don't bring into religious terms; I just bring into everything in nature, life, smiling, and laughing. And everything is around me is just bigger than I'll ever understand.
1: Yes, that yeah, that you, you say that beautifully because <clears throat> it is that understanding that we are the universe, the universe is in us, and we are these you know, we are a, a shining mirror, a reflection of how great the universe is or how great your God is, whatever that um, understanding of the word is. How do you feel or have you ever been faced with um, you know, somebody who has more of an atheist belief system?
0: Yeah, I, I have met people like that and I don't, I, that's funny, I don't truly believe unless, I don't truly believe people are atheists to a degree, I don't believe.
1: Well, a, ve- a, a guru of mine, Paul Check, wonderful man who I don't know personally, but I like to think that I do. <laughs> um, he always says he does a podcast called "The Living for D" with Paul Check podcast, and he says first to not believe in something you have to believe that it once has it has existed. Exactly. So you're going
0: against something that's, yeah.
1: Exactly. So for people to say that God doesn't exist, you first have to believe or, or accept that he did exist you're for you to deny it. it, which is a fantastic, yes. you know, I wish the pubs were open because <laughs> i only found this nugget in the last couple of months. I was yeah, like, get the brilliant. pubs open. This is a great, you know, this is a great debate or a great open, uh, debate opener. Um, but carry on. So you've you've been faced with people. Have you been telling your
0: your your experiences to people? Oh, I really have. That's that was one of my biggest things for me. Like ter- very therapeutic to be able to vocalise all my experiences. And at the start of this podcast, you asked me, "Is there anything I want to talk about?" I openly talk about everything that I've been through, all mm-hmm. the ups and downs, and the insanity of my life and what I went through and what, where my life was going, and the people I was around with, heavily involved in criminality, and my life was only going one way, and I was I was getting there very quick. And to be able to openly talk about this, to show people my experience, strength and hope. And then they don't have to go as far as I we went, but I had to touch the, the wet paint. I always do to touch the wet paint, I go as far as I can. Until then, I you know, i learn the lesson myself, you know not yeah. kind of way. Yes, That's yes, how yes, yes, we yes. learn. That's yeah. where my experience, strength and hope, I've helped people. Like, through my poetry, through vocalising, all of it so openly, people have reached out to me and got sober. They came down to the beach with me, they're still sober. They... Because they, they know that I'm being open, raw, real, honest, that they're going to get an open, real, raw, and honest answer back. Mm-hmm. So I'm there's nothing that I don't shy away from. All my life is what it is. I have been that person. I've done all the things I've done. I've, you know, I've looked at it, I've owned it, and now I'm moving forward and I can share it for the betterment of other people so they don't have to go that far.
1: Mm-hmm. Before we talk about your sort of um, transition to sea swimming and this sort of outdoor life and this newfound love for the outdoors, i um, super interested in in where you think um or how you think your addiction developed are you able to pinpoint a, a moment what you were looking for in drugs in alcohol and in seeing that have you been able to find you know close up the hole I suppose
0: yeah that's a it's a great show funny enough I just got an epiphany the other day about that but what I believe addiction is, the opposite of addiction is connection. So when you're addicted, you are detached and disconnected from everything, from reality. And then when you get out of addiction, you get connection, I believe, mm. to the source or your higher self or whatever it may be. So when I started drinking, at let's say once a week at 11, and then I got pumped out at 12, and then drugs at 13, I was lacking in some sort of connection to maybe myself, maybe my environment, maybe the people around me, maybe society, mm. whoever it was. So I was looking for an escapism, so it's pure escape and then I never really delved into the psyche part of, of why I'm doing this cause at such a young age. It just became part and parcel. It was like, there's the cheeky chappy, always sniffed up and always happy. So when I are feeling yourself with like a coke, you're seeing this false highs and always smiling, full of drugs, pockets full of cash, rolling with it. It became part of my identity. So people said you wear a mask. I had become this version of myself that I wasn't a mask, it wasn't a bravado, it wasn't a persona. It was me. And then to get sober is like peeling back the weight of them experiences to find the real me. I've only really started finding my real self since I got sober, and then I've only bit by bit. With all the collecting of the work, I did a podcast today called "Love," basically, and I talk about my experience of falling in love and understanding. And I fell in love with myself only there uh, six weeks ago, threw away my brain session, and had that first time experience of love and understanding myself. And I'm human, and fallible, and I can fall, but I keep going. These all new feelings and emotions are new because I've blocked and suppressed it with drinking drugs for sixteen years. So. Happiness, true happiness, being sober, love, love for oneself, understanding, compassion, all these things are brand new and it's mm. an, amazing.
1: Absolutely. How old are you now? 30. 30. So people will listen to this and either they're 30 or they're over 30 or are approaching 30. And some people might hear you say, I've only found love as in loving myself in the last couple of weeks with the, Wim, the assistance of a Wim Hof breathing session. And... There might be people out there who are like, oh, well, I don't I don't think I love myself or I don't know how to love myself or people are saying, God, that's sad that he doesn't love. It, it, it took 20, 30 years to love yourself. Can you explain what that feeling is like? Like, how do you dissect or decipher the moment that you feel, okay, I love myself now?
0: Well, it was it was after five rounds of my breathing session and I came out and I was like, you know, you're just having a bit of a trance. I don't know if you've done it. And then I got this, these words came to my head. I'm unapologetically myself, and then I dissected that. What does that mean? Oh, I love myself and every single aspect of myself, pitfalls, ups, downs, the ebbs and flows of life. Where in the podcast talk about the one I have called love, I was like, I knew I didn't dislike myself. I knew I liked myself, but I knew when I set goals for myself and I didn't achieve them, I liked myself a little less. I was always your, you're always your biggest critic, and I was like, always and I'm looking down to myself to a degree, and then knew I was going to fall off at some stage, where now I'm like, yeah, I'll fall back. I'll, I'll fall down, but I'll go again and then forget that unbelievable feeling of like, I didn't know that I didn't love myself, I didn't know that I didn't, I didn't not like myself, I didn't mm-hmm. know I didn't love myself, but then when I found out I really love myself, I was like, when it comes about, and I've I've come about the last two years from, I believe it's come about from the collective amount of work with sobriety, sea swims, Wim Hof's, meditation, yoga, training, all this collective amount of work, and obviously the 12-step program is a massive mm-hmm. foundation that. It got me to the stage now where I didn't know I was missing it until I got it, and now was like, now I'm sharing a vocal. Everyone's like, "You didn't know you don't you don't know you don't love yourself until you love yourself and understand it."
1: Yes, it's like when when you know from a, a nutritional or a health background, you know people will say you don't know what health feels like until you get healthy, you know, yeah. and or you you don't know how bad you felt until you get you got you get healthy in whatever capacity that that might be. Um, do you feel lucky that you're one of the people who was able to sort of find this epiphany to get clean yourself and I mean I don't know was there people in your life who would have encouraged you or told you that you needed to go get help at that time before you did or or that you did go and and do that or was were you just surrounded by people who were doing the same so you're just in that cycle of hey we're all on the buzz
0: yeah well it was was me it's it's my higher power and my test of problems got me sober Mm -hmm. I always bring it back to that because I don't like to rely on self-will or I think it's all me, cause that's ego based. It was whatever came to me, came to me and got me there. But it was always me, and we journey running on my own. Mm-hmm. But I knew from a very young age that I had a, had a problem. So I get them fair Facebook memories to come up, and I'm trying to give ball call since I was 19, because it's like every January, February, March, like oh, I'm off during 20 days, 30 days, and that you know the memories on Facebook. Yeah. So I knew from a very, from a very young age, when the lads were getting six cans, I was getting 12 cans. When they were getting 12 cans, I was getting a case of cans. And then just progression, and when the lads weren't doing drugs, I was doing drugs, I found my own circle, but as you asked, there, the people I was around, it was the norm, so I'm, I was hanging around with career criminals, gangsters, lunatics, and we were sniffing cocaine every day, so they were doing it, it became so normal what we were doing, sniffing on Tuesday morning, or sniffing yourself to sleep, and just sniffing every single day for, for years and then, it was like normal, because everyone was doing it, it was like, circling around what you see, it's just like, right, he's doing it, I'm doing it. I wasn't comparing myself because I was just I was going to be doing it anyway so, but the circle I was in was always on like, it like yeah. mad but it, became, it was so normal
1: the, this is the thing that like you know through true speaking to people who've come from similar um, backgrounds as yourself and have been on, and are on a similar journey I'm learning to understand how different people's lives are and how different they were to my experiences so I, I I did I had my own experiences with the session And like where it could have gone one way or the other. But when I hear stories like sniffing on a Tuesday morning, I'm like, okay, it wasn't that bad. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I find it like incredible that you're still here, (laughs) I suppose. You know what I mean? That you're still here and that people are still able to completely change their lives around and be the picture of health and happiness after experiencing that. Like, Do you know what I mean yeah
0: like I was putting like probably 2,000 probably 1,500 2,000 euros worth of coke on myself each week like I was like an ounce of coke if not more each week I was doing like six bags a day sometimes more and that was just regular days and then come to the weekend it was a free-for-all so was through the day normal days Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday it was about six bags a day and then the weekend was like a big pile of cocaine so I, I'm surprised I'm here also and then the whiskey uh, the whiskey I was drinking was insane like five, six bottles of whiskey in the weekend and then cigarettes my whole life was, in, is in, was insane I was so normal, so normal because the people I was with was doing it. And I was so, people I was with were doing it, so we always have somewhere to go, a house or a party or hotel rooms. And the session never stopped. I used to be awake, for about two and a half years, I used to be awake three, four, five days a week, no sleep. And the, But then I, the worst part was insane. The worst part was i go home and sleep for 24 hours, wake up and do it again, no remorse, no regrets. And then I was obviously selling drugs because I had money coming in, so the money didn't exist. So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't as if I was, then I obviously stopped doing everything, I was in massive debt. <laughs> I had to work it all out. I was like, I threw 20 people's names down, I was like, right now I owe 10 grand now, and now I'm, I'm trying to get clean, so pay, pay that bit by bit, shipped away. But it became so normal, going from hotel room and partying and staying awake for that amount of time. My body and mind was more normal, and to not feel depression, session depression, i not get a fear. It was worrying that I wasn't worried, that was mm. so strange, to not feel anything. And people were like, do you not feel it? I was like, no, I don't feel a thing. Mm. But that was insane.
1: And were you the person at that time where, like, were you the joker of the session? Were you the the guy that's like, we, we'll grab David because he's going to be up for it and he'll keep, like, he'll last for the three days or whatever. Like, where did you sit in in the session?
0: I was full on. I was just flown banter central, music pumping, dancing, <laughs> giving it loads. <laughs> <laughs> I was full on. I was never stopped. I never sat down. bottle of whiskey in one hand, a big bag of coke in the other. And then, Ordering more drinks, like, it was just copious <laughs> amounts. We had a great spot. The, the Remember the airport was a 24-hour off-license that no one knew about. So when you walk through where the buses are, was a term, and when you go to Little hallway, yeah, 24-hour off-license there. So, no
1: way, yeah. in the airport. Yeah, so no we, this, we,
0: we got this so so used to so loads of money, so I used to get, <laughs> hand lads 300 quid, so we'd go get 10 bottles of uh, whiskey or 10 bottles of vodka, so it just never ended. So it was just constantly going and going and going for, for days and days and days on end, it was insane. That's where my place was in the party. I'd never go home. Never.
1: it's actually funny when, when you're actually talking about it you still kind of get a little thing I get a thing in my stomach like fuck miss those bloody days yeah, It was so
0: laughable. <laughs> even
1: though they were miserable you know yeah. really they're miserable but yeah. you still have that little thing where you're like
0: I'm glad I didn't
1: I wouldn't mind a sesh now like well now I wouldn't mind the fucking <laughs> hell where are we you know but it, it's funny how like and again from from in my personal experience, experience that higher power or that sort of higher sense of being, I always have to check in with that consistently, yeah. all the time, because otherwise my ego will convince me that you could go and do that for you do that for a couple weeks, you'd be grand. Just do it for have a crack. Do you know what I mean? You work really hard, Lydia. Come <laughs> on, relax. Take a few days off. That's what it does. Those place. few days will end into six months. Yeah. And I don't know where I am, I'm down the country somewhere and no one can find me. Yeah. That's, that's where they go yeah, it's for me. Insane. You know I mean? It reminds me of my birthday with your non-cousin, Paddy <laughs> Douglas, We had a barbecue at my man's house in Waterford. And three days later, I was in Kilkenny <laughs> with him and, and Kieran, who was on Fit Guru, who was on episode one. We yeah, ended Lynn. up in Kilkenny. But um, that's for another day. <laughs> So, like, an incredible journey. And still only 30, so, like, you have the luxury now of looking forward to, like, the main chunk of your life.
0: Yeah, well, my life only really started, like, um, rest of the program. that just didn't, didn't just give me a life, it started my life two years ago. Mm. Well, actually, if I keep going one day at a time, in two days' time, we should be two years sober. Yeah. Woo! So that's that's, that's a I'm massive my, achievement. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all just a collection of one days at a time. And you said there, if you don't check image your ego, so I deflate my ego every morning by doing my 12-step program. Step six and seven, I get in conscious contact with my power. I write down my defects of character. I ask them to be alleviated for the day. I, then I get on my knees, say, an attitude of gratitude, pray, how grateful for sobriety, to ask the program. And this is meticulous, and really meticulous with this, for the morning, my morning routine takes about an hour. I get that in conscious contact with defects of character, ask me if you're moved. I say, how oh, grateful am for sobriety, being alive, being sober, and able, and able-, and able- and to think, and everybody to train. And I consciously say that every morning, and I, and I don't just... For sure, I I get stay like mindfulness. But I am grateful for anybody trying, think thinking sobriety, and that's where I am every morning. It's a lot hard.
1: Work. It's it's hard work, isn't it? Like an hour is like you think oh, an hour, okay, fair enough. But an hour every day at the start of your day, that's that's tough work. It, that takes commitment. Yeah, it
0: takes commitment because I know. But I I see I'm ninety percent on it and ten percent off. And when I'm ten percent off it, it's not long till two three days in without me working my program. My head is gone. Mm. My head's gone. I'm uh, discontented. I'm just aggressive, I'm short-tempered, I'm not in contact with my heart power, and I'm not in contact with my the source, not sourced in. Like, and I can feel it straight away, and then just, I know, David, get back to the program. It works when you work it, if you don't work it, it doesn't work, simple mm. as. So it's worth that hours worth doing every day.
1: Yeah, amazing. So it's two years now that you've been doing this? Yeah. Wow, and it, you can never stop.
0: No, that's it, Is it rem- that the
1: idea? This is you for life?
0: It reminds me in the morning, I read a certain passage in the book and it reminds me that I'm a recovered alcoholic and recovered cocaine addict. I have to get that reminder because mm. I've heard horror stories of people. I know actually a woman, she was 16 years sober, she paid off her house, she got back in relationship with her kids, she had a new car, she got on holidays all the time, 16 years sober. She's got to have a handle of this and a few drinks. And Four years she went back out, lost the house, lost contact with her kids. Sure, she forgot all about AA. She forgot all about the the program, and was like, ego run wild, self will run wild, and then life is just fucked up again.
1: Yeah, well. So I
0: get reminded every day. I remind myself every day to do this program because I hear these horror stories, and that's why I'm still in contact with lads that are in to test that program. And I always, every day, couple of days, like, I reach out to them, remind reminder, mm. remind me where I am, and remind me how bad it can go if we don't do this program. Like, do you fear relapsing? Drinking drugs aren't even the last thought in my mind. They're not even a thought at all. That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. So I work the program, so I don't have to think about drinking drugs. Yeah. And so relapse isn't top of my mind. Like there's days that can be hard. Days going I can struggle. Um, but, but that's just my headspace because I'm not doing things properly. Mm. Well, I'm not doing because that program can be done, and the same methods can be done. But you're just doing it. You're just reciting it and not actually being in contact with it. You're not doing it mindfully. I've done that. I've been run riot, run, run royal for weeks and end. Doing the same things I always do, but not being in contact with it. So it doesn't mean anything when I'm just reciting it it just kind of comes like routine mm-hmm. right every day now i'm like tuned in really looking at and really like being mindful of what i'm saying and why this practice has to be done it's so beneficial in my life it's, it's giving me life that's why i respect this so, so much like mm-hmm.
1: and then in terms of your environment now obviously this last year has been i would imagine a lot easier for a lot of people who are in recovery because we haven't had the the lure i would say of like pubs and different things or Maybe sessions, you know, if you're having a league in one third place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's been a very different year. But for you in your environment, do you have to actively, you know, say, well, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm not going to be in a pub or, like, is that how it works? I'm a barman. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Jesus. Oh,
0: I'm a barman. I'm a barman. Yeah, I'm a 16 year barman. yeah. What? Yeah. I'm 16 years in bars. And I, God, it's funny because I was living in SARS when I got sobriety. And then three weeks sober, I got off for of the job in Lock and I took it. And it was only three weeks sober, and I was rattled, my head was gone. And uh, I started working in a bar, and everyone there like, knew me as Dave. The, Dave, the, the fellow doesn't drink, he likes hiking. I was just trying to keep my mind busy. They knew me as a new version of myself that I was trying to create at the time. So that whole new environment was creating myself. But I'm a barman, yeah, so I'm still going nights out. i still around situations, but now I got to bed early, because I'm getting up early for the sunrise. So. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't actively choose not to be around certain the people. They just kind of fell off. I don't actively choose not to go to sessions. It's just I go home earlier because I'm getting up to see the sunrise or do a sunrise runner. So the, my yes. life just kind of just progressed that way. The path just un- un- unraveled itself and walking the path I want to walk.
1: Absolutely. So then let's talk. So you're in your, your 12-step program and when was it that this sort of new love for kind of the outdoors and sea swimming and sunsets, when did that start to creep in?
0: 25th of December, 2019. Chris- ah! <laughs> Christmas Day.
1: <laughs> no Christmas way. Day,
0: yeah, I went down to Dollymount for a swim.
1: The annual Christmas swim, it yeah, gets us
0: all. That was my first time sea swimming and I just felt I needed to do something else because the Christmas before that were three, four, five day sessions of white Christmas regardless if it was snowing or not. And <laughs> that went down did something different than greater to the sea. <laughs> so that's a,
1: real that's shock, really. a real shock, a real yeah. shock to the system, right? But you know, it is, I think... Um, there is no greater joy than on Christmas morning. For me, it's Tremor and Watford. It's a beach called Tremor. Um, in seeing people sea swimming. And that, that initial, the joy and the kind of fear and trepidation and the kind of the, the, the banter that's going on. Oh, it's freezing. Oh, have you got my tail? You know, like, and then seeing people getting in and running out. And then there's other people who are just head first. Like, there's such a energy and there's such life in it. Yeah. And that would have been where, you know, over the years, it would have been Christmas Day where I, I, myself, I would have just seen people go swimming in winter, like, you know. And then all of a sudden, over the last couple of years, the kind of sea swimming kind of movement started yeah. happening. And I used to live in Dun used to go to the 40 foot down to sea point, And just a new, a new community and a new, um, a new energy started to, to fill those areas. Um, and to see it crop up and be more and more popular is just been incredible. And you're way more dedicated to the cause than I am. I'm only <laughs> I only flee in and out. <laughs> I go, I go out once every two or three weeks and I take a load of photographs and then that's it. <laughs> that's a that's allowed. you still <laughs> because if you don't take a photograph it didn't happen exactly That's <laughs> what I would do. so for you your first dip was it just someone bringing you along you know or you just like i'm I, gonna go I, down i convinced everyone
0: it? in my, my job my new job to go i was like right we're going swimming christmas morning six of us went down and they, i just i just I had a sense i had to do something different then yeah and you could i do I, I knew sea swim was calling me for some reason and i just went down and as soon as i went down i loved it and then after that i was in to sea. Like four days a week after five days a week, and then come. went back on then from down to Port Marnock, then Low Rock where I met Paddy, and then back down to Port Marnock. And then I was in Port Marnock nearly every day mm. all last summer. Every day, nearly every day, went down and just we were going down like the summertime was like 4, four a.m. for sunrise. Proper dedication, like we're right down there, oh, it was beautiful, and just it hasn't stopped. So we just mm-hmm. would love for the season, hasn't stopped.
1: What do you think you like? What did you fall in love with? Like, how, how did it make you feel?
0: connected present mm-hmm. uh, like the way I always say it to anyone if you're going to start sea swimming is the way I always do is I run as fast as I can to the water same way I do is life dive <laughs> in and then it, it, you're, you regulate your breath your body will balance out and then you're in you're in I don't tip your toe in and what I found mm-hmm. was I'm connected slow down my thought process and I'm fully present and in the moment screaming uh, me and Paddy always scream I am grateful in the water freezing cold regardless of what it's freezing cold like. my body's used to it now but I'm just screaming I am grateful and I'm so grateful and the sense of community you get down there, like people are down there healing from different types of trauma, mm. addiction. And poor Marnic especially, when they're down in them shelters, people are so open and vocal about life experiences that we can all lean each other to a degree. And we're all down there healing, breathing, through the wind, half of different nights and feeling. And it's just all sharing, open community, no barriers, and you're out in nature talking so openly. And everyone's there, like-minded individuals, and just the whole part. The people I've met, people I've met down the beach have become really, really close friends. When and Paddy only two. Uh, full moon down in Low Rock and Paddy are real close mates now see Paddy for 3-4 days a week like just meeting on the beach do you know mm. on the way and the people they meet and it's, it's incredible the whole society and environment is insane mm.
1: do you feel like life kind of slows down a little bit when you're on the beach 100% it's, mm. it's,
0: time flies by me and Paddy were down there Christmas day from I was down there from 8am to 4pm Christmas day since spend ten, twelve hours on the beach some days, I don't even notice. It's like right, I have to go home. I'm supposed to eat something here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's mad.
1: <clears throat> it's sort of like um, escapism in a way,
0: right? Well, I had to chat with Paddy. I was like, yeah, Paddy on his podcast. He's like, you're addicted to sea. I'd be I'd like to be very careful with addictions because I can spoil things in myself by becoming addicted. So it's 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 reconnecting to the source. It's reconnecting to Mother nature. So I'm not addicted to it. I use it for health benefits and. For my mental health, also I'm down there because I'm in active recovery and being active and doing positive things, I find it's beneficial. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's an escapism; I think it's reconnecting to real, the real world, rather than concrete buildings and nine to fives. It's being back involved in nature. Yes.
1: And do you recognise now that you're on this new journey that how important that that connection is?
0: One hundred percent. It's it's an integral part of my life, season, and it's an integral part of my life being out in nature. And it, the benefits you get from it, not just from the community, but the people you meet. The community isn't people you meet, it's about back and forth. It's the people you meet with the sense that your body gets from being in Cold War and the time goes on, like you're in there for 3, 4, 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes and your body just, your body really appreciates you. You're going to go off on a natural high down on the beach. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing, mm-hmm. you know yourself.
1: Yeah, so you're like, I mean... <clears throat> I don't want to sound like pretentious or whatever, like like the levels of sea swimming, but like there is levels, you know, in terms of like there's people who just go in, ah, jump in, like you're in their 30 seconds and they're out, you know what I mean, get a picture in the tail and they're off down the beach or back into the car or whatever. But there's levels in terms of the sort of mental side of sea swimming in that the breathing, you know, bringing in your, your breath work, bringing in your Wim Hof breathing, the, the meditation end of it, you know, the process. So for you like you're saying with paddy you, you run down you go straight in and then it's like your breathing kicks in. So let, let's look at the, the breathing and the Wim Hof elements. I know that Paddy Douglas that was in episode on the early episodes on this podcast. Um that you've referenced to this podcast has his own podcast called the DMT podcast, Do Me Thing podcast. Yeah. Um shout out Paddy Douglas, but he's also um uh, uh trained Wim Hof breathing technique. Well, uh, facilitated. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough, right? So he's also administering his own kind of uh, Brett work and doing. I I've done a couple of uh, Zoom sessions with him actually, and he's fantastic. And he he has a um um what, what's that website Shane that you can upload SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Sound yes. SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Um, he. I think it's for me only, but for everyone. But I'm like he sent me a little thing, but it's like a short thirty-five minutes, Wim Hof guided breath work, um, little little thing, and every morning I do it. So I wake up six o'clock, thirty-five minutes, set the clock, turn it on, get my breath work on before I have to face the day. And if I don't do it by five o'clock. I'm like, I need to get under the covers. I need to go to bed because the world is just too much. Which is That's your Again, you, uh, I, I, worry about that sometimes as well. That I, sh- I should be able to handle the day <laughs> with <laughs> my breath. It just everything is calmer when I've done my breath work and I've assessed the day and my schedule is busy. So I like to be able to sit and think, and I'll do this, and then I'll go do the podcast, and then I'll have that meeting with Shane, and then I'll up here, and then I'll do this, and um. So for you, was the introduction of Wim Hof through meeting Paddy to being at the beach or is it something that you wanted to kind of develop yourself? Yeah, it
0: was through meeting Paddy. It was, um, he'd only been back, well, I met him last March, well, March, 20, yeah, March 20, 20, March May 2020. And he was talking about just being back from Wim Hof and he was talking about starting a podcast <laughs> and he always talked about starting my podcast and then first time we met him, and we were so open, the connection we just made was expired like straight away, so open and quick and he was talking about getting into Wim Hof yeah. And then it just kind of exploded. And I've been, I think I've done about 13, maybe more plus sessions of Paddy. One to one guided, um, and then the ice baths. And that's oh, such an amazing... Every time we do it, it's a different experience. Mm, and, and yeah, I got that profound feeling of that I'm myself and I love myself through that. Mm-hmm. I got um, visuals like a DMT kind of trip. I got so many profound insights to myself by doing this. And every time it's different... But it's beneficial, and every time it's an amazing experience. It's like you won't feel bad doing it, you? you'll feel nothing but good when you finish mm-hmm. When you finish the session. And then the ice bath kicks in, and re- that's what brings in the ice bath regulating your breath work when you're getting into the water. Like I don't consciously uh, regulate my breath anymore into the sea, it's part and parcel, now, it's ingrained into me, so I don't have to think about slowing my breath down. It just happens naturally, you know.
1: Yeah. I remember saying to someone, I was asking me before about Wim Hof breathing and, and the technique and stuff. And I was like, you know, explaining it. Then I was like, and then you get into like a, basically like a bath of ice cold water with ice in it. And they were like, you're sure mad to do that. And I was like, says who? And they're like, what? And I, I was like, says who? Who made, who, who's saying that you're mad if you do that? And they were like, but like, you getting into it. And I was like, but that's just like... Uh, and then I couldn't explain it the way I was trying to explain it. I was like, S- who is saying that being in a bath of ice water is wrong or is mad or is anything? You know, and also then, have you done it? Yeah. Oh, you've not done it, but you're going to sit there and tell me it's mad and it doesn't work and, you know, it doesn't help. There's no health benefits and blah, blah, blah. And even if things like, you know the Wim Hof breathing technique, which is a it, it's a, a variant of a breathing technique that's that's been around since we've been breathing. Yeah. It's just Wim Hof has, you know, capitalized on a particular area of it and, and is building on his own experiences with it. But even if it doesn't work, we'll say on a physiological, psychological, reality, like an actual standpoint, uh, the the placebo effect of it is enough to warrant you doing it because it makes you feel a certain type of way. Does that make sense? Have I, I, understand. I, have I made that sense? Yeah, no, understand. I understand do you know understand. what I mean? So, so in that that, that, that placebo and nocebo, it's experiences and it's relative to the person. So whatever you do or need to do to get you to a place to be the best version of yourself then once you're not harming anyone else or anything, then go, go for, it. for it. Go for it, yeah. Get into that bucket of ice. <laughs> I highly
0: recommend it. Like I'm there all the time. Like, 13 sessions, 13, 13 sessions, yeah. really more. Since, last, since the last nine months, I'm always there. Like
1: There is a freedom in it. In si- when you get into that bucket of ice and you sit there and you go... I am in a bucket of ice right now and everyone, you know, society would tell you that this is a mental thing to do and this is like, you're going to freeze to death and you're going to, your toes are going to fall off and you're going to get hypothermia and all these different things and then you sit there and your breathing starts and you realise, I'm fine and I am conquering this and I am now starting to actually enjoy this. Yeah. When you get out, you are a new person and every time you do it, you are changing who you are as a person.
0: Society will always tell you not to do certain things and they put like a, tarnish it in a certain way mm-hmm. don't do this don't do that your do this yes i'll do whatever i want that makes me feel good absolutely regardless of what anyone says yeah once it's not uh, infringing on anyone else
1: yes yeah absolutely so the um that's the season and it's funny when you're talking about paddy and only meeting him in march what i was thinking when you were talking about that was that do you feel in some way that you know, the universe had maybe conspired a little uh, bringing together yeah, of energies. You know what I mean? One hundred
0: percent. Like we as, as paddy talked with us on and his podcast about when we met each other. So he, it's funny he goes into it because I'm friends with paddy's cousin Alan and Alan brought me down met paddy I met Ray. And I'm big into cigars and then Alan was like Alan went over to talk to paddy and he was like, "Hey, oh, what did you hear Dave's new poem?" And paddy said, like, "Well, he wrote a poem." And then, uh, then me and party got chat. and then he's like, yeah, it's only one of the cigars. He's like, what, do you have cigars? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And then he was like, uh, thinking, about podcasts, like thinking about starting a podcast, I'm like, what am thinking about starting a podcast? was <laughs> like, what? So I was like, what's happening here? There was poems, there was cigars, there were podcasts. <laughs> and he met the fellow about five minutes and we're like, <laughs> we literally went off and our own left everyone there. We're like, right, come over here we'll have a chat. And we just sat in a chat. We didn't mean to sit beside each other about an hour. There's about 20 people there. We just peeled off and we're just... All, all sitting there for him was like boom, boom, boom. It was like so funny. Like everything was like yeah. the poetry, the podcast, the cigars. So, sitting there smoking cigars having a great laugh talking about the foot moon and just we just clicked and since then we were just Mates yeah. And he's mates. the
1: worst person to start a conversation with because he will actually take you four hours into it. You're like literally like it's been three days there, paddy We should probably end up and I've been there. We have yeah. got I've gone for like when we go for a point, you know, back in the day where you could just rock for a point and it could be like six hours later. Yeah. And funny. then he'd be like, oh, I'll drop you home and then he will drop me home and you sat in the car for another six hours.
0: It's funny. I... I'm
1: like, I've lost eight stones since I've been here. I need to go eat something, get me out of here. But uh, that's the beauty, isn't it? Like, and, and we, we I have that relationship with them as well. Where I always say we were definitely brought together for yeah. some reason, you know what I mean? And, and that is the beauty of, the, I, I find last year in particular, the you know, the year of, of lockdown and isolation is that it has brought me closer to people. It has separated me from people who maybe I'm, I'm acknowledging or I'm, Believing that I needed, to, I need now to be away from those people because they are infringing on yeah, me being me and who I need to be to go to the next stage of my journey. Yeah. But it has also opened the door for new people to be brought into my life, similar-minded, similar mindset people uh, that are thinking the same as me, but not thinking the same as in <clears throat> we are now stuck in the dogma of like the same belief system. These are people who are free thinkers. These are people who are open-minded. These are people who are allowed, and are, are uh, will allow you to challenge their belief systems, um, and are able to calmly talk and converse and listen and understand. And uh, that's where I want to be because that's who I want to be. Yeah. I mean, you, does that resonate with you? One hundred
0: percent, exact same. The people come into your life, and people fall out of the wayside, and are not going to. When you have conversations with someone, they they want you to believe a certain way and they just drill it into you, and then you fall out. Mm. Be your family members, be your very close friends from years ago. So you're not open to any dialogue here. Like, you're not open to any sort of conversation about questioning or challenging your beliefs. I go, want to be questioned to challenge all my beliefs. So because yes. I'm going to question them, I want them to question them, and then we can have a dialogue, and we can come to the terms. We don't have to agree on everything, but we will agree on certain things which are like one individual and, like, free speech. But people that are so narrow and closed off, and I've, especially with the current situation, where people family members included and past mm-hmm. friends plus my Instagram hopping up with uh, people saying certain things you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that like why are you getting involved and trying to get involved in my life I'm not involved in your life in any way like mm-hmm. if you want to have a conversation we can have a conversation but dive down we choked but the people the right people are around me and they're all then the last boy they really come closer like meeting yourself Paddy and like, like one individual the right mm-hmm. people are always in a circle and you kind of just it keeps kind of flowing naturally like, yes not, it's never forced
1: well you mentioned your Instagram and people telling you to do this and do that we better inform our listeners who might not know you yeah. <laughs> got a bit of notoriety over
0: the last couple of weeks the infamous sea swimmer
1: the infamous sea swimmer I literally uh, I, uh, someone was asking me who's on your podcast today I was like oh I have this wonderful poet his name is David Patrick Fry <laughs> yeah. he does fantastic work and they were like hmm I don't know him and then I was like yeah he was arrested on Port Marnock Beach for sea sw- oh the sea swimmer with the video I love brilliant. him he's brilliant I'm like yes he's on the podcast today <laughs> That's, it's
0: funny, I, the, yeah. Got notoriety <laughs> after that, and so you've, my checker passed. I'd been arrested a few times years ago because mm-hmm. I was drink drugs, whatever. Yes. So the arrest part, the arrest part didn't bother me because it was cool. calm, clicked. Everyone can see in the video. Gandhi approach, setting in silence, and that didn't bother me. The biggest part that kind of uh, messed in my head was my phone. The day after that, when I put the video up, my phone did not stop. Like I got two thousand new followers on Instagram mm-hmm. and two thousand individual messages. And that was for people I didn't know, yeah. and the people I do know. Then in my, in my normal life, they all wanted to know the situation, so I gave all my energy of trying to give a genuine response to everyone. And I'm big for voice notes, so I don't read text. So I was voice notes. I was like, I'm about six hundred voice, six hundred voice notes in here. Six individual people. I was like, my head burnt out, and I was just like, oh my god, my head was fried. Of course. Turned my phone off for like two days. I was like, get that away from me. It Was like, I was trying to be genuine and trying to give people responses and pouring energy into it. Was like, then I just did a video saying, "Right, thanks for responses." Like it was mental. Mm. In three days, two thousand new followers, and I was like, "What happened
1: here?" <coughs> so let's explain for anyone who didn't see the video, because where have you where have you been? Um, <laughs> but the video is you in Port Marnock shelters,
0: yeah,
1: kitted out in your dry robe. Sponsorship, hello. <laughs> That's just waiting for it, yeah.
0: Need to be sponsored.
1: So you're sitting there, and there's a couple of guards, and uh, how did it happen? They they were they asking every. I think. A, a, Let's explain what happened and then we'll, we'll yeah. discuss it. So how did it come to the guards surrounding you and you being like,
0: what's going on here? The week before we were down there and we had, we, I'm down there every single Saturday for the last two years. I'm down there, every, it was Thursday, t- Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days a week I'm down in Port Manning. always there. And so the week before I got arrested, the guards had the process, two guards. Mm-hmm. They singled me out, I just had one of them heads, whatever it is, and I just ran. I just swam. I just had one of them you babies. do have
1: one of them. <laughs> have one of them. Faces. He's a bow
0: boy, I mean, Go talk to him. He's mischievous. Like. And so they approached me and they said, hey, um, What's going on? What are you down there for? And I said, see swimming, down there for mental health. And the guy's like, We all have our mental health issues, we're just getting on with it. I was like, Well, that's some answer. He's like, He's leaving. I said, Yeah, I'm about to run after swimming. I said, I'm going anyway. So we're leaving. That was the week before. Then the week after I went down, it was raining, and the beach was very quiet with 20 people there. And the people I was with were running, I wasn't because I was injured. So I sat down where I was sitting in the video. And the guards approached me and they asked my name and address. And they said so they came approached me, and was like, oh, it's our mate from last week. So they knew what was. So I was. So sorry, I forgot to say, the week before I gave my name and address. So they knew me. And so in the week of getting arrested, the they approached me and said, like, Oh, it's our mate from last week. And I was like, They're looking for a reaction, so they were poking and prodding, and I just was, wasn't getting an altercation. So I sat silent. My approach was, I'm down there, season, I'm doing nothing wrong. I don't need to engage these people. I'm sitting in a public area i just didn't recognize him as any sort of authority over me because i'm just li- living freely so i was just sitting there peacefully and they're like right what's your name and address set in silence i'm going to go get my sergeant Sergeant. they went and got the sergeant next of all he came over and next while there's four guards standing around me and seeing the video i'm sitting there drinking a cup of tea staring into the sea cool calm collected all i'm down there for is to run swim smile laugh and dance with my friends and the community i've been involved in and they just kept pursuing. Give your name and address, your name and address, and then I just sat in silence, I wasn't getting I wasn't getting involved, because every time we get involved with guards, they twist, they turn in a certain way, and they were provoking in a way where, they would get a response out of you, a response I didn't want to give, be it aggression or no aggression, I didn't want to give them any response, so the best approach for me, thought was sitting silence, so I sat there in silence, and then he said, well, we're arresting you under the COVID legislation, and then he grabbed me by the wrist, and then Paddy had recorded the whole thing, another friend of mine, Connor recorded the whole thing, so there was witnesses there, they brought me from there, up to the car, Two guards got in. They brought me to the Swords Garden Station. They asked me my name and address. I said, I want my solicitor present. I don't understand the process. I was just on the beach. I said, well, I don't know why I was arrested for. I want my solicitor present. Then there was like eight of them surrounding me in the garden station. They were all in the height because I wasn't complying to what they wanted to be complying. I said, like, why my I of I said, I don't understand this. I want my solicitor present. They were all bullying, like red in the face. Then they brought me into the cell, uh, strip search. And then I was in there for two hours. I said, I want my solicitor. Brought me back out. Put handcuffs on me, charged me with not getting my name addressed when asked, I'm not complying with COVID legislation, brought me in the back of a paddy wagon, or Mariah van, to uh, the CCJ, and I was in lockup then for five and a half hours on my own, and then they brought me to another lockup, where I was in lock-up for a half an hour away, 500 individuals, um, two were for murder, one was for a drugs charge, and one fellow was in a psychosis, It was a, maybe a drug psychosis, or actually psychotic, but he was covered in blood. And the lads were like, what are you arrested for? And I was like, ceasefire. like, no, you're obviously up for murder because they were for murder. And they were like laughing. I was like, no, I'm genuinely up for a And I'm like, no way. Like, and I was like, it was insane. I'm in a cell with, 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 with murderers and a lad with psychosis covered in blood and they were for a drug charge. And they were just going like, to all having a laugh. But I was like, yeah, ceasefire. It. it was eight and a half hours locked up the stage. They brought me in then to the CCJ, the main court. The judge was like, what's your name? I gave my name and address then. And then... They said, Would you have legal representation? I said, No, I'd like some. I said, It's too late in the day for legal representation. You have to get him the next day. And he said, They asked the, the guard to arrest me, which was happened to be the sergeant of guard station of sorts. Any conditions to his bail? Do you have any objections? So he's like, no, condition, no objections to his bail, but it's a condition that he's bound from the Beach. And so I was like, Right, one. Like, sounds like, Do you understand the bail? And he says, like, Yeah, eight and a half hours being locked up. And i have starving and eating for the day before as well. So that was done. Walked outside, did a video saying this was rest of all, And that's exactly how the day went wow yeah <laughs> it was a mad long day I'm starving as well
1: do you know what hearing you recall that is actually so upsetting yeah it's insane it's insane it's so sad to like for that this to now be a reality that this is a thing that you can be put into that situation by just sea swimming in, in a public space
0: same in in fresh air yeah you know it's Nazi Germany where are you going is that essential it's essential it's, my sea swim is essential to me anything anyone wants to do is essential I'm not down there I'm not drinking I'm not drugging I'm not causing any harm just these women they're trying to bring up this 5k legislation which doesn't really It's there's too many grey areas into what's a say sense what's not essential. so my solicitor's happy to take the case on board they know there's so many grey areas of this that they're willing to proceed and I'm, one of, I'm like one of the first people in Ireland to be arrested over this so my solicitor's like right we're going to follow up on this like there's so many things here that, loopholes and grey areas that they're happy to take the case on and like I was in court today, I was in a suit, half suit.
1: I was just saying, like, is this suit for me?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I was in court this morning before I came here, like, it's for you also as well. <laughs> but like, it's my situation, like if you want to go see swimming. the 5K legislation, if you're not infringing anyone else, you're not doing any harm, do whatever you want to do, live your life freely. See, run, do whatever you want, swim, do whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. I believe.
1: Well, the, the thing is about the video is like, there's, you know, so many people that are surrounding you. Yeah. So I think that was, the comments on the video were like, well, what about the rest of the people that are there? Like, why aren't they being arrested? Why was it only you? Singled out. Singled out. But can I play the devil's advocate? Of course. There was, you know, there's a lot of people saying if he had just given his name, they wouldn't have done that. So what do you, like, how do you feel about that? Like, if you would just say, look, I told you last week, here's my name. This is, do you feel that that wouldn't have made a difference?
0: Because I gave my name and address the week before and when they seen me there was people there's like 20 people at the beach they knew me from the week before they saw me from th- that week I got arrested they came straight over to me even though they knew my name and address mm-hmm. they knew the reason why I was going there swimming because I told them the week before they knew they, they didn't know the single before to single me out even though they knew it was they knew my name they knew what the reason I was down there for I explained down there for my mental health reasons and swimming mm-hmm. why would they then proceed to come over and antagonise and try bully tactics with me and try again to engage with me so I felt like well you've already have this the information, we're well, gonna go through this again. So I was just like now now you're trying to intimidate me in a way where I'm just down doing what I'm doing which it wasn't intimidating but that's what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So I was just sitting there she sees swimming, there's no need for them to come over with me and the amount of things that are going on in the water or everyone to talk about in Ireland and they're literally going out of their way to walk down to Port Manic Beach to a beach, mm-hmm. where people are swimming, in the lashings of rain that day to arrest a man that's going swimming. Why should I give my name and address when all I'm doing is going into nature to swim? Mm-hmm. that's what we look
1: looking at I agree with you I agree with you I'm trying I'm, I'm trying I agree with you but yeah, no, I'm trying, but play, deb- I'm trying to play I'm trying to play devil's yeah, advocate no, go for it. I can't I don't <laughs> really know I'm trying to because I'm trying to be, I, like, I'm trying to like you know be balanced if someone is listening and, so, and for somebody who's like no yeah. the 5k is there for a reason and we're not meant you know we're all trying to get you this together and I'm trying to play devil's advocate but I can't yeah. because it goes against my heart and that is being honest you know, and also the fact that we know people are breaking the five k limit.
0: It's oh, funny because every day, yeah, there's a guy so, giving me grief on Instagram. I know for fa- I know it's barber, and he comes to barber like once a week, and he's giving me grief about going outside of five k and people yeah. are like, going with their nails and their hair done. And I know these girls, and oh, one girl came onto my Instagram, and I didn't reply to any comments in the video. The video got like six hundred comments. She put up a comment though, something about, "Do you think your mental health is more important than mine?" Whoa, we're talking about victim card and she yeah. just got lambasted about two hundred up mm-hmm. about that. I'm, reading, I'm t- above that to engage with pettiness of the tread. But it, the tread was insane. I was just people were like, do you think, no, my mental health is not more important to us. My mental health is important to me. I look after me. Yes.
1: Well, we can only control ourselves yeah. and we're only responsible for ourselves. But like we were saying before we start recording, we are going into this one year now. A long we long. are a happy anniversary. Yeah. We have been in prison for one year and that is what it is. Two weeks
0: to flatten the curve.
1: Listen, we are one goddamn year. We, we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know. Th- there is no direction whatsoever with our government. Zero, zero COVID approach is, from my virology background, I will yeah. tell you. That. <laughs> it is not. That does not make sense. We are moving into an endemic. It is not a yeah. pandemic. It, it, COVID is going to be around for probably ever like the flu and like all these other things, not saying don't at me. I'm not saying, you know, it's only the flu, it's only a cold. Like I'm not I'm not a scientist, you know, I'm not coming here from a scientific background, but we have to start looking out for ourselves now and we have to start protecting the people in our communities that are most vulnerable, not only from COVID-19, but we're starting to see, you know, cases of suicide rising. We're seeing domestic domestic violence rising. You know, the approach of the 5K, the approach of um, not being, not taking mental health into consideration for breaking the 5K or the COVID legislation, that has to be looked at because our young people are suffering, young people are dying at the hands of themselves, at the hands of drug, of addiction, of alcohol. And it is, you know, we are saving people, quote unquote, from COVID-19, but at the price of
0: what? 100% 100% and you asked earlier on is a different now through the situation with relapses and stuff like that because I'm in the loop, that sort of things with 12 steps people are reaching out to me through they're looking at the poems or listening to my podcast mm-hmm. and they're like "Relapses is on the up I mean, friends yes. of mine have relapsed, friends of mine have died with overdoses a friend of mine died last November from an overdose the, a woman reached out to me recently she, she's living with an addict and domestic abuse she's, I, and these things that are for me in my mind are much bigger than COVID situation mm-hmm. When you're locked up with an addict and they're domestically abusing you, when you're relapsing and you're, and you're taking your life and you're suicidal, you only get a certain amount of years on this planet. This way I look at it. 85, maybe, say, years. So I'm going to live forever, though. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no stopping me. And, but my life has been on... Well, my life hasn't, but people's lives have been on hold for a year if they're complying with these legislation rules. I'm going to go out and say it. Don't employ. Don't comply to these rules. Live your life. Do whatever you want that makes you happy, keeps you sane. But you don't infringe on in people don't do don't, if you're causing anyone harm don't do that just do what's best for you and that's for me is swimming but relapses um, drink drugs domestic abuse these are way more important than this COVID situation I'm not saying COVID's not real it is people are susceptible to it elderly, elderly are more susceptible to it let them cocoon I will bring you I will actively bring you your shopping I will actively do this for you and people in my society that are vulnerable mm-hmm. but tyranny and oppression is locking up people that are healthy trying to lock up people that are healthy I will not be locked up in my mind body or soul mm-hmm. I'm free to do all them things I'm saying to everyone else Be free, live your life, don't comply to all these situations.
1: We also have a duty of care as adults in society for our youth and for the children that are coming up. I don't have children. But my heart is broke for children in my in my community, and my seeing children in mass, seeing children terrified walking to school, not live, not not filled with joy, not laughing, not playing, like living living with fearing something. You know, essentially fearing. I'm not going to say like the the boogeyman or something that doesn't exist. Okay. Cause we're not debating that at all, but it's, it's it's the impact that this is having and no, no sort of, you know, um, strategy on how to um, implement, uh, you know, a, a safe landing space sort of for, for kids in escaping this. Do you know what I mean? And like, what are we going to do? It, it, it's a year now where, you know, our lives have completely been turned upside down and, people need a little bit of hope i feel and they need a little bit of of um inspiration and guidance and and clarity and we're not getting that so that's where the taking responsibility for yourself and being responsible for your own actions um you know and we're probably lucky because we're we're able to get that solace in the good things in life like sea swimming like creativity um, like sobriety having drank since Christmas. Hello. Go going. <laughs> go going. And you know, like I I'd done my three, four years where I didn't drink and went back on it. The one glass of wine on the oh, Sunday. Uh, yeah. pint of Guinness at the bar, you know yourself and got to lockdown. And then it was like, fuck it. What else <laughs> am I going to do? Yeah, I'm in this gaff. It's four o'clock. Everything's done. The house is clean open that bottle of wine and then seven o'clock boom yeah bald and crying down the phone <laughs> 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 what's happening <laughs> where are my friends <laughs> and then you know i was like right, i need to give this a break and got to christmas it's like right let me hear down it's christmas be with my family and everything and um then i just went new year's day boom. there was too much happening the world There was, you know, people in my life that were friendships that I, people I've known since I'm 10, 11, 12, that were like, your views. Oh, yeah. You're not taking this seriously. Your views are infringing my views. I can't be around you anymore. I'm like, you're my family, but that's okay. We go in love and like, I'm going to do me, you do you. And all the, the, the world was just chaotic. And there was lots of stuff going on. And I said, I can't do this while having a hangover. And I can't do this while not feeling great because I've had two glasses of wine. So I was like, boom, that's it. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to drink again in a couple of weeks, because I am ice. Yeah. but as of right now, life is better.
0: Uh, in my poem I wrote, in one of my poems, it's like, born free, live free, die free, stop trying to stick, strip back my liberty. And that's what it's about for mm-hmm. each individual, I think. Do
1: whatever you want, do whatever you want. Very quickly. Final, final part before you wrap up. Go we on. have to talk about the poetry. It's the reason you're here. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. The poetry.
1: The poetry is the yeah, reason yeah, you're the... here, not just you getting arrested for these yeah. women, you know. The poetry, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I love, love, the poetry. Um, started last March, and that's just skyrocketed since then. I'm, nowhere. Yeah. Spoken more poetry.
1: Have you always been a creative writer?
0: No. Um,
1: Where has this come from? And I
0: shaved my head. I swear to God, <laughs> my head shaved. And then
1: a divine intervention. It was a
0: metamorphosis. I went in and wrote a poem. And then I read it, I recited it to a friend. he's said, like, share that. I shared it and it got like a thousand views in a day. And then a week later, I did another poem. I've been just writing poems ever since. Just constantly flowing mm. with poetry. It's just, the weight of the hair kind of stopped the,
1: the path. <laughs> I didn't think. Because kind of, you not only, are you writing them, but you're delivering them as well. Which I think yeah. is a very important aspect of them because I mean, a lot of people can write, yeah. but it's the delivery of that poetry or the spoken words. Um, is that is that equally as important to you that you know?
0: Because uh, every, everyone uh, uh, everyone's got back to me the um, input I've got is they can feel the, the real, the rawness, the connection because it's all memories. It's all true. The, the addiction of the uh, ones about on the session, the drug addictions, the coke, the, the violence, the insanity, the crime. All the stuff that I was involved in that could have went bad. It's all real, and people can say, say they can hear it and feel it. And now it's more experiences that are getting a real connection. I me mean, I'm really connected when I'm saying because mm. it's all real. Yes. It's not. It's not. None of it is fabricated like so.
1: Yeah. Is that? Is there some kind of, um, you know, biological, biological, biographical? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's in my blood.
1: It's some kind of biological yeah. uh, standpoint that come from your uh, biographical kind of um, aspect to it where it's sort of like a diary. A diary of, you know, the mind or your mind. It's
0: it's People always ask me, like, um, does it take long? And I'm dead serious. It takes me about, I write it and recite it. It's very minimal editing. It it's just like mm. 10 minutes and I'm done. And I don't even, it's no thought process <laughs> really. It's just like pen comes out, I lash it out and then it's like, I record it straight away. And there's some now, I did with my and palm and I had to put some thought into that and there's some that I do edit, but most of the time it's just like, boom, 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 where did that come from? And then it's just like, peace.
1: Though that's very interesting because I remember Damien Dempsey once um, being asked about when, you know, some of his more um, deeper songs or the deeper writing and, and someone, had a journalist had asked him, you know, um, where does that come from? And he had answered my ancestors and he said, when I start writing and pick up that pen, I feel like they flow through me. Yeah. So, in that, you know, would you, would you, um, would that resonate with you? That yeah, do you well, feel like there's, again, you're connecting with something higher than yourself?
0: I think from from the 12 step program, when I did my step four, I had to write about my inventory of life. There's no, like you, can, you can lie. I'm not a lawyer, but when you talk, you can manipulate things or justify yeah. things. Pain comes into your hand, it's in front of you, it's only truth. You're pouring out everything real. You're looking back, It's just, it, everything's just raw, real. And true, there's no escaping the pain. You're looking right at it and you're just looking at everything that's there in front of you. It's true, like it's just, there's no escaping. It. It's just like whatever happens to the pen in your hand, it just flows. Yeah. Natural.
1: Can you recite a little something before we let you go?
0: I I uh, can't. I never recite any of my, I don't remember any of my poems. a poems with me I can recite but I never uh, I don't memorise them.
1: Can you can you read one next? I can read one want. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's okay. I don't care if you bring in a mariachi band. Forget it done. <laughs> 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 it's called If You Can Do A Bit, do, do a, a bit. bit
0: right. <laughs> I always carry my poetry book with can we me. We
1: get a little team tune or something every week. What one will I read now? How exciting.
0: Right. They're long now.
1: That's okay. We'll really give we a couple minutes. Right. Well, well I mean, don't go. We don't have seven beaten, I mean, you know, half wrong. a fool's cap page here. If
0: we I really saw a small bit of a Right we We get one going called Divinely Intertwined. Beautiful. Right. Are you a Capricorn? I am an Aries. Yeah, I always ask people the stars ones.
1: I fucking knew. I actually uh, the reason I changed Capricorn was I was like, I bet she's a Capricorn. I was going to say Aries. Bollocks! Your Trust book. your guts. <laughs> Shit. Right.
0: <laughs> really, so this is called the Voinlian. It's a really small starter. Right. It's uh, goes with this. Good morning. Hey guys. Thanks for tuning in. What a lot of bollocks. Put that noise in the bin. Up to a million followers. Thanks for the ad. New products. Fake Louis us. Always happy but never sad. Look at me. Look at this. Buy this. Buy that. Designer clothes and labels prompting and promoting. They don't care about you, just keep sending likes and voting. This existence they're portraying isn't living. Their face in the camera showing you the p- picture perfect vision. Influencer? What? Influences what? Influencing susceptible minds who can't read between the lines. Consume this product, drape yourself in this brand. Spend all their money. Oh, and here's some pictures of me in the sand. How about influencing people to be more thought-provoking, All, uh, and a little less talking about yourself? It's revolting. Use your stage to send a message of love, love for oneself, a social media hug.
1: Oh, wow! Thanks. <laughs> Amazing. That, that was brilliant. Thank you very much. That is really, really good. Well
0: done. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thanks yeah, for that was really good.
1: That was that was a lovely, lovely. Uh, outro to our podcast <laughs> um, thank you so much for coming in I really appreciate it thanks for having me I
0: really appreciate it last on. did you enjoy it I really did enjoy it
1: good 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 we'll have to get you back we need a, a part two we need a follow up yeah, to what's been... going
0: to happen yeah uh, you follow up but... we're live from Mount Joy with <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, actually, I'm actually out on bail at the minute know that? oh my god I'm, I'm, ho- I'm, I'm harbouring a criminal <laughs> yeah I'm out on bail and I'm actually banned from Beach and out on bail if I break bail conditions by going to Portmarnie Beach I could end up on remand and then go to Clover Hill Genuinely. This is, this is insane. Yeah, this I is not. I'll it And Paddy, Paddy, you said the last time we're about end the podcast, didn't even touch on psychedelics, you know, that's another big... Oh, well, and, listen, well,
1: maybe we get to you back in, although yeah. I don't know if that's wise we won't get a word <laughs> in edgeways. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, no, you'll have to come back in. And look, I hope this all pans out. Hopefully, you know, there is some... I don't know. I don't know what you even say. Like, it. it just seems so... Hopefully it will be all thrown out. Yeah. And this will all be a kind of distant past for you or just a memory for you. Massive
0: celebration of my own beach when I'm back down yeah. there. <laughs> I'm home, finally.
1: Uh, but listen, thank you so much for coming thanks in. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate me. it. And thanks for the little piece. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me recited. David Patrick Farrell for the First Exchange Podcast. Planning for your next trip?